This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Yeah, Puck, yeah, we've hit number 50, Joe. I can't, it's been such a long time coming. I know, it's not exactly 50 and 39 like Wayne Gretzky, but uh, we can now officially say we're a, we're a 50 podcast scorer, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get like a trophy or a plaque or anything, but uh, what, are, what have been some of your highlights over the past two years of us doing this podcast? Oh shit! We've done some. We've actually done so much crazy stuff. When you're thinking about the the fifty, um, I had a hard time kind of narrowing it down. But I think, I think one of the one of the highlights for me was that the weekend that we went to the Ice Blanks uh, Ice Blanks camp before the World Champs uh, when they were staying in the hotel, and we we did the kind of car wash situation. We had three different interviews with six guys, and um, that kind of was. I came away from that weekend thinking, "Hey, what we're doing here is actually—it could be something. We're we're kind of in with the camp, we're in with the guys, and we're producing content that hasn't really been done before mm. for the sport in this country. And it, it was kind of a really cool feeling. And then also the breaking of the uh, the streaming news for the NZHL <laughs> was quite, felt like we're in some kind of investigative journalist team yeah when we did that i'm pretty sure that's still our most listened to episode <laughs> yeah i mean it's been it's been crazy kind of three years where i think in tv you have to get 100 episodes to become syndicated so we're halfway there so by 2035 we, we might we might be a syndicated podcast well i'm hoping in about 50 weeks time because you know i <laughs> I am trying to do one uh, every week. Well, definitely, even when like while I'm away in Mexico and that, I'm going to have a bunch preloaded. Um, there's we've got so many awesome guests uh, to come. Uh, I quickly want to say congrats to the Southern Storm for winning the New Zealand Women's Ice Hockey League last weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Going to have a couple of people from the squad there. Uh, hopefully next week. We have also got Rachel Park coming up. The uh, the new Ice Ferns head coach. Obviously, the ice ferns are heading away very shortly. It's actually becoming a very busy time in New Zealand ice hockey because, yeah, you do have the ice ferns. You also have the men's under-18s just before that. And then you've also got the ice blacks in Mexico. And then you've got the Challenge Cup of Asia as well. So a really busy time all before we even think about the NZHL. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so what, what about what about you? What, what have been your... Your highlights of this this fifty episode ride that we've been on. Well, I think obviously when we had Steve Dangle on while he was getting his uh, oil changed, that was a bit of a, like a, a fanboy moment. I think we came away from that both feeling, you know, pretty stoked with ourselves and feeling like maybe we were getting somewhere with this whole hockey podcast thing. Um, yeah, and he he certainly got the uh, the puckier bump after that. He's kind of now on TV and releasing yeah. a book, so yeah, we could be pretty happy. We uh, we helped him go along on his career yeah i'm sure we were definitely a factor in that (laughs) somehow uh and also you know having to promote the women's game um i really enjoyed when we had uh helen murray on uh the iceman's captain uh in the old holder key studio there the acc studio um i really i do miss that i miss actually doing the podcast in person with you rather than just on the phone so 
Um, yeah, we'll have to we we'll have to work out a, um, a, a little weekend. I know. I guess I'll have to come back to New Zealand at some point. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely the Ice Ferns one. Um, there there has been so many. Obviously, the interviews that we did with uh, Travis Cricard, especially the exit interview before he left to go back to Kelowna, and of course he's he's now coming back, which is awesome. Um, there was quite an insight into. I guess someone who came as an outsider from New Zealand and seen their view of how everything is. Uh, I found that really fascinating. Um, But aside from all that, uh, I think this year, aside from trying to go from 50 to 100 podcasts just like that, um, both of us are trying to improve ourselves a little bit. We're both trying to do a bit of fitness. I understand that you are training for a half marathon? Yeah, foolishly, with um, the team here at that the radio station have decided, uh, let's let's do a half marathon. So there's about four of us. Uh, it's going shockingly. I, I did a 12.5K in the past weekend, which has completely broken me. <laughs> so I've only got 10K to go on top of that, which is uh, – and we've got a couple of months to go. So, And you've also got the – you've got the Backyard Hockey League playoffs at the moment as well, don't you? We, we are, yeah. We're in the uh, – we're in the first, well, second round basically now against um, AJ Spiller's uh, Seals team. So it's a pretty tight match series. Um, the Cheese are looking to uh, defend their title. Hopefully someone can take it off them because we don't want them winning two in a row. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great that obviously the competition levels of the BHL have definitely risen this year. You've got a, you know, a lot of the guys that are, sort of in either the Ice Blacks bubble or the play in the NZ IHL, you know, they use that time in the summer to sort of stay match fit. And, I mean, we're, I think we'll definitely see the benefits of that later in the year. So, once again, shout out to Cam Green for providing such an awesome uh, hockey league in the summer just to kind of keep us going. We've got to stop giving Cam Green shout outs on this. <laughs> We do, but I think it's kind of like our thing now. Um, yeah. I, I think if he just supply every time I see him at the rink, I'll just – try and get beer off him and he can, uh, that can be his, his contra payment for yeah. these mentions. Sweet. That sounds good. Now, I mean, the reason I brought up fitness, uh, was this week on the podcast, we actually have probably the fittest dude, uh, in New Zealand ice hockey, Chris Eden. Mm-hmm. He's not only the fittest dude, he's also the league leading scorer in the NZIHL. He's all time, all time goals, points, assists. He, he has it all. He's got, uh, according to Elite Prospects, he has 203 goals alone uh, in 168 games. So you do the math. He's more than a, a goal a game per player. The next closest is, is old Gino. Yeah. He's only got 140, so he's 60 goals off. I, yeah, I know. So, I mean, he's Chris is a great dude. Like, I've we've met him a bunch of times. Uh, he's always been really warm and welcoming. Uh, to me when I started doing media uh, around the NZIHL when I was doing stuff with Jez Brown and Slapshot. Um, so he's always up for a chat. And uh, this time around, we mainly talked about um, his gym, the Eden Project. And he's been, obviously, he does a lot with the strength and conditioning side of things, uh, not just for the Ice Blacks, for, but for all the other New Zealand national teams. Uh, so I took him away from his job for half an hour and he sort of like sat down in the park with his dog Bowden and yeah this is uh I'll chat 
Uh, so, Chris, first of all, uh, when did you start the Eden Project and what inspired you to even open up a new gym in Christchurch? Damn, starting off with the tough questions, eh? I thought that was um, the easy one. <laughs> no, that was a tough one because I kind of, I actually, I fell into the job. So I, I had a degree and we had to do 480 practicum hours and uh, it was around the time of the earthquake. So basically there were no jobs. So they just said, uh, you could work at Rebel Sports or whatever. And I, I knew that wasn't really going to help and that's going to look really bad like on a CV. So uh, I just approached the Red Devils and I was like, oh, can you just sign off my own? And they're like, oh, you're, you're pretty fit and you know what you're doing. Anyway, do you want to just take a few trainings? And I was like, yes, sure, why not? Next thing you know, um, yeah, it just went from there. And then one of uh, another fellow, approached me and asked me to run a boot camp then um i started running some things out of the garage and then more people kept coming and coming so they're like yo you gotta open up a bigger place then kind of just went with it just took a risk it was scary though (laughs) (laughs) and so now today like kind of how many people do you have uh coming through the gym we're rolling 12 to 18 people probably through the through the classes at the moment um all different skill levels, age groups, things like that. But yeah. Awesome. Uh, and obviously it's, it has been growing for you quite a lot. You took on uh, back in 2016, the New Zealand Ice Hockey Federation appointed you as their new strength and conditioning coach. So before you came along though, had there been like a predecessor working with the national teams in that aspect or you kind of like the first guy to do it? No, there definitely was um, some guys before me and whatnot. But when I was growing up and it was an ice black and things like that, the first few years, um, it was kind of like it was a bodybuilding program and things like that. And the world is kind of changing from those commercial gyms to more of the functional strength and more, uh, I guess you could say, real life kind of training. Um, rather than training muscles, you train movement. Uh and it's just the last few years has been a process of change in New Zealand ice hockey. Um, I guess you could say we're in a grey period now. So, you know, we started in the black, which could be the commercial gym. The more um, you train the muscle, you make them bigger and things like that. And now we're doing a bit of the functional stuff, a bit of the um, the muscle building stuff. And now we're, we're kind of moving through into that transitioning sp- stage. Nice. So yeah, in those, you know, in those two plus years that you've been like doing this with the Federation, um, can you take me through some of the like programs or initiatives that you have helped to uh, establish? Yeah. So basically, um, fitness testing was one of them and it was kind of like every region you saw different, not different fitness testing, but different standards. So there, one of the thing was, is that from the younger age group, we wanted to implement, um, you know, a system so the coaches could see the progress through the year. So as soon as you hit the under-18s, the testing start. And, um, you know, it's the same throughout and every year. I mean, it may vary slightly, don't get me wrong. We may add in tests and um, standards in. But basically, we want to see from year to year. And as, you know, an under-18 or under-16 player develops, so does their strength and their fitness as well throughout those years on the way coming up. Nice black. Yeah, right. So I mean, I know um, fitness, uh, like it has, can, it can be an issue for our national teams sometimes. 
um, with the WHF tournaments, you know, they typically run, you know, outside of the New Zealand season and say even with like the under 20s, it's the middle of the summer for them. So, you know, access uh, to ice can be a bit limited depending on, you know, where they're living. Um, how have you helped to like combat those issues? It's a, it's a really tough one. And basically the, the only thing we can do is, is put a program in place and hopefully and hope and more importantly that because the standard of the ice blacks now is getting so high that if you don't put the work in it is very apparent and we're at the stage that if you're not in the gym and you're not doing the program or a program of sort that you're probably going to get left behind yeah. and it's basically now um just putting and implementing things in place to keep the guys um, fit, keep them active and um, build them up for upcoming world champs. So do you have, like, speaking of that, do you have, like, accountability, like, in place? Yes. So we have we have three fitness testing. So one at the start, um, and then we just have just basically baseline testing just to see where we're at, not really worried whatsoever. And then six weeks from there, we do another testing from the from the next cycle that we have, and then another one six weeks later, and then one right before we leave. Right. So, so it's, it kind of it kind of like we have the the first testing, then the team gets um, core, a bunch of people get named, and then it goes into the next testing, whether or not hey you then the the, te- the actual team gets named. And then we have one just before we leave, just to make sure that you haven't, you know, you haven't made because we have to name the team quite early, and uh, make sure that you are still, you know, putting in the work leading up to the world champs. Yeah. So have you like have you noticed much of a change um, in in like the players' attitudes towards fitness? Um, like say in the last couple of years when you've really come on and helped out. Yeah, the big thing is is getting the players to do the right thing. So uh, majority of the guys that we get coming through, and in particular when I traveled to Auckland, Queenstown and whatnot, it was a little bit of an eye-opener for them to see what we were doing, like bringing in the Olympic lifting, um, just real functional stuff, not like machine work works like um exercises and things like that and there was there was the hard part that they didn't quite understand at the start that the whole time they're trying to they're trying to like work the muscle but at the same time they're not working the movement whereas ice hockey is all about movement it's not about individual muscles and things like that it's just everything working together simultaneously yeah. um and that, that was that that was the hard part so it was kind of like the first year it was kind of getting people on board and then basically we got some feedback in like the guys that jumped in were like yeah this is this is really working so every year we've kind of upped it from there and um we're going more to the functional side rather than uh the bodybuilding per se so say instead of you know just lifting weights and all of that what are what are some of the kind of movements um or exercises you do to sort of practice that functionality okay is that it kind of depends what what cycle in so it like you know when we're at the start we're all about the base just building some strength and as we get closer to the tournaments we start building power and more endurance kind of work um, we kind of have a saying that strength takes months 
uh, sorry, strength takes years, um, conditioning takes months. So the conditioning side of thing is the last thing that we focus on. And then the, the strength part is the part that takes the time. Um, and it's just fine tuning from where we go from building muscle to building explosiveness. So it kind of works as it starts off with the generic stuff at the beginning. And then we get into more of like the power cleans, um, heavy jerks and things like that. Just moving weight explosively. Um, that is, that is the hard part. And that's something that the guys aren't used to doing. So obviously you've, you've been quite busy uh, this summer working with the Ice Blacks. Um, so like with the paces you've been putting those boys through, what are some of the highlights you've seen? Like what's some of the progress? More, I, I guess the progress is people jumping on board and realizing that the game is changing and the game is getting faster. Therefore, we need to think and we need to do things differently now. And... Uh, it's one of those things that we talk about quite a bit. Like you can have all the strength in the world, but if you can't catch someone and you can't keep up with someone, then, you know, that that's an absolute waste of time. And then you've got the other end of the spectrum with ice hockey. If you're too small and you're too fast, when you do get, you know, touched and it is quite physical as well, like you're going to get killed. So <laughs> yeah, you need to have a good balance. And that's what we're trying to get across that. It's not all about um, how much weight you lift, but it's also how much you move. And it's a big indication in my gym that, you know, you might have an athlete that can uh, jump really high and is quick off the mark, but when in contact, you know, that's where they struggle. So you've got to have a good balance of the lifting and the speed work kind of thing. So say when, once the Ice Blacks are in training camp uh, in Colorado, is that when your work ends or do you still, are you still working through the training camp as well? Uh, I'll still do, we'll, we'll still be doing like all the warm-ups, cool-downs and things like that, mobility sessions that we'll be doing. Um, it's kind of just setting them up with, you know, you don't, they don't want to be doing too much, but they need to be recovering. And with ice hockey players, we find um, hips are a big thing. And it's coming more and more apparent in even New Zealand ice hockey that people are having like labral tears and things like that. And they're not quite looking after their hips. So if our hips tighten, our stride gets shorter, you know, we get less power, things like that. And it's kind of just keeping on top of it. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of work on uh, the cool downs and things like that and just opening up our hips. And that, that's the main thing. Like our hip flexors are just so jammed on the ice for three hours a day. And it, it, we're not quite used to it, and it takes a little bit to adjust. So I guess does that mean, you know, part of your role is also, um, you know, injury prevention there? Yeah. And, that, and that's, the, that's the other thing too is that we're bringing a lot of mobility into the programming and things, which we didn't have before. Uh, it's... It comes down, I guess, to injury prevention and like my, I've had some pretty good years and things like that, you know, mobility and whatnot, apart from the last, the last one that I've just been involved in. But apart from that, like, um, yeah, there's just keeping players healthy and the ones that do have the mobility and have been doing work throughout the months leading up, they kind of last and they get through training camp with no wiggle, with no 
no niggles. And that's what we want, basically, just to keep them healthy and ready to go. Right. Awesome. Um, and so, with obviously, not all the Ice Blacks are based in, in Christchurch. Um, a good chunk of them are based uh, in Auckland. So, do you get to work with them in person too, or do you more like make use of online tools to help in that situation? Uh, not this year. Previous years, I'd travel up and um, we'd do a weekend of testing and things and go through the programming and whatnot. Um, this year we we haven't. We just think that's you know they're, they're kind of ready and they're, they're good to kind of let let them go, go for it on their own. But um, yeah, being the only one from Christchurch does make it a bit hard. But uh, gotta gotta do with what you've got and um, whatever's in the budget, we make 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 work with it. Right. I mean, you've also got you have Jackson Lane there with you as well. He must you must be putting him through his paces. Oh, we were until a month. Like he, he he moved to Australia two months ago, three oh. months ago now. So he lives in Melbourne now. So he'll be part of the Melbourne Mustang this year, um, coming up, and he'll do his stint this year with the Ice Blacks. And um, but yeah, so it's a shame, but it is what it is. Oh. I thought we still got Mason Kennedy and all the young ones coming through, so. Um, with them every day training, so it's been pretty good. Nice. Uh, and so what about nutrition-wise? Does that play into what you do with the Ice Blacks as well? Yeah, it is, but at the same time, it is a little hard uh, leading up just because depending where we are, we, we ask for specific meals and things like that, but it's kind of like what they've got and, you know, what what they what they cater to and what they have really depends yeah. on uh, I guess the restaurant or wherever we end up eating and sometimes it just gets a little bit hard but we try and stick to um, certain things um, at different times and meal prep and things like that. Nice. Um, so now, like obviously, because I'm joining you guys uh, through training camp and and uh, the tournament in Mexico, documenting the team's journey. Um, is there any truth to the rumors that you guys are also going to be putting me through my paces fitness wise? <laughs> well, let's just say you're part of the team and Graham management, he's been in the gym every day leading up to this tournament. So, um, he's going to be nice and ready as well. And it goes without saying that coaching and staff are well, as as part of the team, so I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, I have I have actually been working on my fitness, probably not to the level that you guys do, but um, yeah, I used to be like back in the day. I used to be pretty freaking fit, so I would love to I definitely. Yeah, I would love to get back to that. Um, now, yeah, so strength and conditioning, it's become really important. It's a really important focus in both like in professional sport in recent years, say you look at the NHL or even the All Blacks, you know, we hear of how those high levels of fitness can, you know, potentially help um, carry a team to victory. But say at the amateur level, um, how is that also becoming a factor when you're playing hockey in New Zealand? Uh, it's kind of like as the game develops, so does the players. And as the game is developing and whatnot, it's gone from, I guess you could say, that big mentality of rough fighting and, uh, I guess you say, crash and bash to a lot of it as just speed and finesse. Yeah. Which means that the players also need to adapt. Like, the rules are changing, which is taking a lot of it out of the game. 
So the faster you are, and I guess what comes with that, the fitter and more explosive you are, the better you are that's going to be suited to today's game. So it, it is changing the amateur game as well, knowing that like, is, if our rules change, so if their rules are changing, so is ours, and it just kind of goes with what it is. Um, but yeah, as, as you're saying, like the amateur game, it's definitely picking up and whatnot, especially in New Zealand. Like you can see the, um, you know, even now, like you got to have a third and a fourth line kind of in the NZIHL to um, be effective. Whereas back in the day, probably seven or eight years ago, you had three good imports. You, you've kind of won a championship. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of changing a lot now. Imports, yes, they do matter, but you got to have a third and a fourth line and depth is key. Because the game is just changing, it's so fast, and all the players are, you know, bringing it up to speed. And um, you, 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 you yourself, uh, kind of known as a goal scorer uh, in the NZHL, top top of uh, all time, I might add. Um, so those changes in the game, going more to speed and skill, has that has that been uh, a factor in you and your career? Has it helped you sort of um, rise to the top? I guess you could say. It's kind of like I wish I wish it was around a lot long ago, but um, long time ago. But it's not. But it's just coming in now. Um, definitely helps because it kind of like even just with the delayed hits and things like that takes a little bit of pressure off and it gives you a little bit more time with the puck. And uh, I guess you could say you have a little bit more time to react and and make plays and whatnot um, compared to the older game, whereas you put your head down at any stage, you're going to get taken. So. Um, especially if you're a goal scorer, any chance they got, they'd take a run at you. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's definitely helping. And a fast game is a good game, especially being a smaller player. And that's what we're just trying to get with the Ice Blacks. We have some big boys in there like Andy Hay and whatnot, um, just that are just solid and they, they use their body quite a lot. And it's just getting them to move a bit faster. And um, I think hopefully we've done that this year. Um, just especially with our decor and whatnot, being bigger boys. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so out, uh, outside of hockey, um, going back to talking about your gym, who, what do you think is uh, your favorite success story to come out of the Eden Project so far? I got two that are pretty equal. I got both of them are ironically weight loss stories, but it's not really weight loss stories and um, results that I care about. And what we bring up quite a bit is effort, is that all we ask for is effort. And it doesn't matter how good you are. And we get quite a lot of athletes that come in that they kind of expect attention. And it doesn't really kind of work like that. If, you're, if you have an attitude of um, effort and willing to put the work in, that's kind of where you know it lies. Yeah, and we've got a lot of we've got a lot of juniors and stuff. You know, top motocross riders in the country and whatnot. And the the ones that want to learn, the ones that want to put the effort, and the other ones you work with the most. But uh, the best one I thought was we had a fellow that came in that was well overweight and whatnot, but more importantly, never exercised before, didn't like it. Everything about the gym is exactly about my gym is what he apparently hated. <laughs> and so he didn't want to be groups in groups. He didn't want to talk to people. Uh, he didn't want to be there for an hour. He 
didn't want to do the functional side of things. He only wanted to do machines. Um, but he basically came in. I spoke to him, like, you know, about three quarters away from through the workout. And I was like, oh, how's it going? You're doing really awesome, da-da-da. He's like, I hate it. This is terrible. And I was like, right, that's it. I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm not talking to him again. He scared the shit out of me. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, he'd come back. And then I was like, it gets really addicting. Like, I promise. He's like, no, it won't. I'm always going to hate this. This isn't. This, I'm only doing this because I have to do this. And next thing you know, he's there five days a week, six days a week. Um, two years later, he's lost 40-something kilos. Uh-huh. And he's like, I can't miss a day. Like, he's like, I, I refuse to miss a day. Like, I love it so much. I go to sleep thinking about it and whatnot. And like, what are we doing tomorrow? How are we going to do it and whatnot? And um, it's just... He he just puts the effort in, and that's all you need to do. Is this every day? Because you're gonna have more you're gonna have more bad days than good days, and that's what people need to understand. Is like the gym is there for health, and you know, you know the life expectancy and whatnot, and just to help you out and get through it. And all you're asking for is a little bit of effort, and you never know what can happen from that. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. Like that's. I mean, that's life-changing for that guy. So um, I hope he went and then told his buddies about the gym. Even after. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope so. Um, now, being into uh, March, there's a good chance, uh, like with a story like that, um, that someone who had a New Year's resolution to join a gym and get fitter has kind of fallen by the wayside with their goals. Um, for the record, I'm not talking about myself here. But... <laughs> Uh, what advice would you give to someone in that situation, you know, that wants to get fit, but is perhaps feeling a bit daunted by the prospect of, you know, joining a gym? The hardest thing and the best thing that you can do is take the first step. Like, it's always the first step that's the hardest. And all you need to do and what, what we try and do with our gym in particular is we cater to all you have to do is walk through our door and everything is sorted. So as soon as you walk through, like the programs there, the motivations there, our support systems there, and it's just basically finding the right gym for your character, whether you want to be left alone or you want to be with people, it's just a matter of taking that first step. And the more you think about it, the more you say, oh, next week or the day tomorrow or the next day, um, the more it's just not going to happen. So all you got to do is just take that first step and everything falls in place after that. Um, and that's kind of what we believe and how we do basically everything is just take that first step as soon as you can and don't think about it, just do it. Nice. Um, well, I want to I wrap this up by talking a little bit about the um, Canterbury Red Devils. Um, you know, for the last couple of years, the team's been going through somewhat of a rebuilding phase with coaching changes and, you know, the younger talent coming through. But as the captain, you know, what's it been like for you to go through those changes, having been on the winning side of things uh, in previous years? Uh, you can't deny it. It's been a challenge. It really has. And, uh, you know, over the over the last few years, like when I was growing up, we had you know a lot of older guys, and it was it was it was it was very cutthroat kind of mentality that we had. It's kind of like if you don't put the work in, or you you know you don't hustle, or you don't make practices and things like that, you 
you're kind of not going to make it. And that, cause that's, we had so much talent growing up, um, especially in the first like six or seven years in the team. Um, you know, we had two or three lines that you had to hold your place and you had to hold your own. Whereas now, um, we're very short of players, you know, like we're, where we don't have like a full roster kind of thing. And um, it is challenging. Um, and we're just waiting for that next generation of players to come through and join the ranks. But uh, until then, you just got to keep pushing and make sure that everyone is putting in the work and doing the right things. Well, I'm sure, obviously, with the Eden Project behind the Red Devils, I mean, that, that'll come eventually. You know, you do have... Um, some good young guns coming through already. I'm sure there'll there'll be more to come. Um, but lastly, you know, you've got your gorgeous dog Bowden. Uh, how's he been lately? I understand he um last year he got hit by a car. Funny you mention that. We're at the park right now, and he's just swimming away. That says I've been losing a little bit of attention because he's running around, isn't he? Hey Bowie, hey. But um, uh, he's doing awesome. That was very very lucky. Literally got hit by a car going 50 or 60 for a red light. But um, he kind of just bounced off, did a few roly-polies, and um, he's come back too. So we're very, very thankful for that. And But, um, yeah, he's at the gym every day with us. He's part of the family now. And it's just weird if he's not there. So he wasn't there for a few days. And we're like, oh, no, how do we cope with this? Hmm. But uh, he, he's come back too now. And um, yeah, he he was on the men pretty quick. Awesome. Well, it's great to hear that. Uh, yeah, Bowden's come through and he's he's repping the gym as hard as you do. Um, thanks again, Chris. You know, always always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, and I can't wait to see what happens with the Ice Blacks next month. Yeah, it's exciting. It'll be good to have you over there documenting everything. We appreciate everything you do. It's all these small things that add up, and you just need to keep doing it yourself. <laughs> Well, funnily enough, this is uh, podcast number 50, so special to do it with you, I have to say. Hey, what a pleasure. <laughs> what right. a pleasure. All right, well, I'll see All you right. next month, buddy. Take care. Yeah, you too. All Cheers. Right. It's always great to have a chat with uh, Chris Eden. He's always been really warming and welcoming uh, to myself when I started doing media across the New Zealand Ice Hockey League. He's always up for a chat. He's a great interview, uh, and... I appreciate how much he appreciates what I do and like with what he does with Eden Project, he just understands how much work goes into, you know, I guess what you would call like a passion project. Um, luckily enough for him, he's been able to turn it into a job and they do a lot of amazing, inspiring stuff as you heard before. So they're changing lives down in Christchurch. Go check them out on Facebook and Instagram and maybe even roll up and, you know, try, try it out for yourself because... I guarantee you're probably going to have a ton of fun. I know I would. I would definitely be going there if I lived in Christchurch. Um, the fact that you've got Bowden the dog there as well. I mean, hey, who doesn't love a good boy? You know, love a good dog. Uh, but anyway, that is podcast number 50, Done and Dusted. And we'll be back next week. Park yeah, it's New Zealand's home for hockey. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcast app for the latest episodes. Follow the team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PuckYearNZ. And for your fix of hockey news, go to PuckYear.NZ.